This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Talking Books. Thanks to Hodges Figures, the bookstore. On News Talk 106 to 108. Very welcome to Talking Books with me, Susan Cahill. In the mix tonight, City of Bohan author Kevin Barry tries to imagine what teenagers would sound like in a future Irish dystopia. I was trying to project what homicidal teenage hipsters would sound like in a deranged Irish city in the West Coast in the 2050s. I take a jolly down to the West Cork Literary Festival and hobnob with the best and brightest of the literary world. Oh yes, very hard work indeed. The lengths I went to to meet the wonderful Melvin Bragg. And I have to say, Melvin was quite the jet. And News Talk's Talking Books will be broadcasting this interview later in the month. We'll also be joined by music journalist Colm O'Hare, who reviews I'm Your Man, Sylvie Simon's epic biography of legendary Canadian poet and musician Leonard Cohn. As a young teenager, he bought a book on hypnosis and practised it quite widely uh, and very successfully on the maid, on the family's maid, when he managed to get her to undress. And to tie it all together, we have every girl's secret literary crush, Colm McCann, who reads from his critically acclaimed book, Transatlantic. If you want to get in contact with Talking Books, why don't you drop me an email at talkingbooks at newstalk.ie or you can visit our webpage www.newstalk.ie forward slash talkingbooks. But first, author Kevin Barry rocked onto the literary stage earlier this year when he scooped the International Impact Dublin Literary Award, beating off serious competition with his electrifying and memorable debut novel, City of Bohan. This vibrant gangland narrative tells the story of a vicious set of criminals living in the futuristic and gritty city of Bohan. I have to say the book is an incredible read, but understandably caused quite a stir, as Kevin's use of language is, well, harsh and wild. Lucky for talking books, Kevin came into studio and delivered what can only be described as one jaw-dropping read. Now, this reading features some very strong language that some may find offensive, so you've been warned. Let's take a listen. Fucker wore silver high-top boots, drainpipe strides in a natty boy model, a low-slung dark belt and a three-quarter jacket of saffron-dyed sheepskin. He was tall and straggly as an invasive weed. He was astonishingly sentimental and as violent again. His belligerent green eyes were strange flowers indeed. He was 17 years of age and he read magical significance into occurrences of the number nine. He had ambition deep inside but could hardly even name it. His true love, an unpredictable Alsatian bitch, Angelina. Wolfie wore black patent high tops, tight bleached denims with a matcher of a waistcoat, a high dark belt and a navy crombie with a black velvet collar. Wolfie was low-sized, compact, ginger and he thrummed with dense energies. He had a blackbird's poppy-eyed stare, thyroidal and if his brow was no more than an inch deep it was packed with an alley rat's cunning. He was 17 also and betrayed 
sometimes by odd sentiments under moonlight. He wanted to own entirely the city of Bohan. His all-new, all-true love, Miss Jenny Ching, of the Hartnett Fancy and the Ho P. Ching OK Coffee Shop. Get round the far side of that hill, said Wolfie, and we should see the place, yeah? Like I know the fucking bogs from fuckology, said Fucker. They were headed for a low tavern out at Eight Mile Bridge. A tout was to be met there. They walked on through the damp air. If you're asking me, said Fucker, well I ain't, said Wolfie. If you're asking me, said Fucker, Logan, he's gone seriously fucking para-like. Logan Hartnett always been para-fucker. You don't land the runnings of Bohan without being seriously on the fucking parasite, you check me? So he keeps sucking wind. Fucker Burke waggled his beanie head in puzzlement. Tremendous, Kevin. Absolutely tremendous. Those words uh, made me shake, I have to say. Welcome to Talking Books. Home of shaking ladies. It's great to be here. Thanks very much. Kevin, I have this funny picture of you in my head when you're writing in your room. Your words have so much pace and energy and they're so raw, they're so vibrant. And I have this, this very voluminous picture of you speaking aloud like a crazy man. Are you off your rocker or am I? It, it, it's not a million miles away. Maybe I do act it out a lot. I do all the voices. I try out all the voices. And in some ways I feel sometimes more like an actor than, than a writer. A kind of a frustrated actor maybe. Um, yeah, I mean I write from the ear. It all starts with the way they speak. A story like this starts very much with the way they speak in, in, in the city of Bohan. And, um, yeah, I do kind of pace up and down a bit at home and in the house in County Sligo and try all the voices. And I try the actions, you know, to see if I'm describing it right. So I'm sure to a casual observer it might look a little bit nuts. And where did you dream up your cast of characters? We have some wonderful characters, Jenny Ching, Ice Cusack, Gant Broderick and the great uh, Wolfie Stanners. They're... Terrifically gross. I, I mean, they come out of a whole stew of influences, really, I think. I mean, they come out of spending my childhood in the 1970s watching trashy gangster movies like The Warriors and The Wanderers, gang films, you know, that I'd watch obsessively when I came home from school on, on old big clunky VHS tapes. And they come from looking at West Side Story and they come from the Tropany Opera, Mac the Knife, and from Westerns, all the characters in City of Bohan conform I think to kind of western archetypes you know there's a, there's there's the, the fading kind of gang leader at the end of his day there's the sheriff type figure there's the young guns coming up on the side um, but but more more than anything I suppose they come out of the way they speak and they come out of the language that's used there um, if you can get the voices you can get the souls you know so it's um, it all starts with me with the way they mangle and abuse our lovely English language and in city of Bohan Places like Bovista, Big Nothing and the North Rises, they're steeped in these very dark memories. How important is, is memory in a sense of place to your writing? Yeah, I mean, uh, I suppose the odd thing about the story is though it's set in, in, in a, a purported future in the 2050s. They're all completely obsessed with the past in, in Bohan. And that, that, that sort of the soak of memory is, is everywhere in the city, I think. It was odd the way the geography of the city came to me. When I, when I began writing the book, I was supposed to be on holiday in, in Porto, in Portugal, and I looked around that city and thought this would do very well geography-wise for my, my invented West of Ireland city, and I, I stole a lot 
of 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 the kind of topography, an old kind of a windy city running down to a broad black river, and in 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 homage to that that kind of influence, Bovista is actually a neighborhood in the city of Porta, and I, I stole that one as kind of a nod. But it's also that that matched something that you get in the west of Ireland and in places like Limerick and in Galway. There has always been a kind of a Mediterranean influence very weirdly on those cities because it's an old maritime trade route from medieval times going up and down running boats full of brandy and, and, and wine and you have those very dark-skinned West of Ireland natives, you know. Um, so I, I pictured Bohan as this kind of, as a city like that but with a more pronounced kind of Mediterranean influence and, and almost like um, a little Marseille or something as well, you know. There's a great 